Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause, rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylobiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Cole bennett Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescence, ours and theirs. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, Cara. We got a really great text. I got a text from someone. After she went back and listened to an old episode that we did last year, and it's one of our favorite episodes. We talk about it all the time when we're telling people about the Puberty Podcast. It's the episode about hookup culture, and it is starring our interns who, you know, they're on the front lines of hookup culture because they're college students. And so... We put out this episode into the world and this friend of mine listened to it and texted me and I was so taken by the message that I shared it with you. And you were so taken with the message that we decided to do a whole now what about it. So very interesting. Right. So it's a long text. So I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read much of it. Great. Here it goes. Such a great podcast, Cara. Situationship is my new favorite word. Insert laughing, crying emoji. (laughs) One thing that kept coming up for me is that everything started to change when kids were able to create their own ecosystems and bypass parents altogether. 
meaning boys, and I'm just going to add in here, I think this applies to any kids, never have to sweat it out before calling a girl. I'm going to throw in parenthetical or any other kid in the fear of a parent picking up, having to engage with a parent, exposing yourself, even if on the phone is gone. That is one guardrail that has been taken down. This new parentless ecosystem has its rules being dictated by non-prefrontal cortex developed beings and algorithms. The high school kids have not evolved. Rather, they're being forced to accept something that goes against their nature and don't have the old school parental guardrails to help them navigate this new world. Can I just ask a clarifying question? What is the thing that goes against their nature? That's the one part I wasn't clear on. Yeah, I think what this parent was referring to is that, you know, I think the nature of it is the sexual urges and the crushes and all of this and the intersection of that with the power dynamic between the adult generation and the kid generation. And that power dynamic kind of kept them in check, kind of kept those, mm. that right? Because it's completely appropriate for tweens and teens to start having these feelings. But I think what she was referring to was that guardrail of also it being in your nature to to fear the parent a little, right? To have that, oh, I have to impress oh, someone or I okay. have to. And I think that's what she was talking about is that being gone has sort of opened up a guardrail-less path that makes her sad for kids. And if I were to go on, and I'm not going to read any more of the text, but if I were to go on, it talks a little bit about how much comfort she found in blaming her parents for things when she was growing up, which is something we've talked about, like throw us under the bus, blame us. And her point there was, if the parent isn't a presence at all in the equation, it's increasingly hard to blame them and to use that out and that excuse. And so that safety net feels lacking. So that was the text. I'm going to do what Lisa Damore calls headlining. And I'm going to take the text and headline it for our listeners so that we can give some reaction and some guidance. And the headline would sound something like, now that kids have unfettered access to technology and ways to socialize and communicate without any interference by adults or frankly the practicalities of you know old school technology like landlines and things like that but they can see each other interact with each other message each other instantaneously that there were positives to the guardrails set up by the lack of technology and without those guardrails it feels concerning like there's no buffer or prevention and that they can sort of can or do run amok and that the hookup culture that we're seeing in the relationships between kids that sort of doesn't necessarily have an emotional connection or commitment is a result of that sort of unfettered technological access. Right. And I I think one sub point 
that is inferred but not made super clearly is that there was this fear factor that used to exist. It was scary to call someone's house and have an adult answer if you weren't sure you wanted to, you know, you like someone and you weren't sure you wanted to call them. And then the adult answers and that freaks you out. Or you ring the doorbell and the first impression you have to make is not on the kid you're there for, it's on the adult you know, that fear factor did provide a little buffer, but it also, it was complicated. I mean, there was sometimes fear and that's not, you know, I mean, there's the sort of that trope of the, it's usually a father, that trope of the father threatening essentially a young man who comes to the front door. And, you know, I mean, that's, it's it's funny, not funny. It's Right. right. I mean, it's not, that wasn't the goal was fear, but I do think having, you know, we talk so much about the prefrontal cortex not being mature. And I think having all of these paths that just connect kid to kid, non-mature prefrontal cortex to non-mature prefrontal cortex, as she describes, it does take the adult presence out of the equation in a way that in a lot of situations, the adult presence was really, really positive. So I will push back and say that there was a ton of terrible decision-making and (laughs) secretive behavior and sneaking around and things going on without adult presence before we ever had cell phones. And I think, yeah, there probably were more buffers, right? If you wanted to pick somebody up, you couldn't text them and say, I'm outside. You had to go ring the doorbell. Okay, that drives me crazy, by the way. Yes, I'm like, come in and say hello. Or a late night booty call had to be risked on the shared family landline and the fear that the parent would answer the phone. Climbing the trellis outside the window. Uh, Rocks against the window. Yes. Those aren't just, those aren't just cliches. Those are not just in the movies. Um, Vanessa had a much more exciting life in high school than I did. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I was going to say, I'm also a third child, but you're a third child too. We're just different versions of a third child. Yeah. My version was much more boring. So I think there there was lots of sneaking around and sort of underground behavior when we were kids, not by Cara, but by other people. Um, by everyone else, it turns and, out. And by, yeah, well, my sister was very good. She was very well behaved. She was always the safe rides driver. And you know, I the, liked your sister. Yes, I know. She had excellent taste. And on the flip side, I do think there are ways to create buffers in today's culture and to use you know, ourselves or for kids to use adults in ways that help kind of delay bad decision-making, give them an excuse, as you said, throw us under the bus. Like, I think there are ways to insert an adult presence, even if it's easier to not have it available because of technology and the way kids socialize. Do you or someone you love have smelly feet? Well, this is for you. We made magical socks. We did. The magic is zinc. With zinc around, bacteria cannot grow. And if bacteria cannot grow, well, then there are no bacteria to eat the sweat. And if there's no bacteria to eat the sweat, then there's no off-gassing. And if there's no off-gassing, then there's no smell. That's how Um socks work. Check out the link in our show notes or go to myoomlaw.com. Dot com. Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. 
Our answer is factors ready to eat meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need, and you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order, go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep and I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky and I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, Magnesium Breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, Magnesium Breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at bioptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal. And even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And fruity is the favorite flavor in my house. Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. You can go to magicspoon.com slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. 
So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. One way that you can do immediately if this is something that you know speaks to you as the adult in the house is to start insisting on it, talking about it. So, you know, when my oldest was still in high school, I will never forget she was asked out on a date. So this is the inverse order of what the interns would say happens, but she was asked out on a date and the date rang the doorbell, drove to the house, rang the doorbell, came inside and introduced himself. And I was so high on this kid. I was like, 11 out of 10 for this, (laughs) right? Very sadly, it didn't go past the first date. I mean, not sadly, she's like had lots of great life experiences since, but I loved that piece that was not, he didn't pluck it out of nowhere. Someone somewhere along the way said, this makes a really great impression. Yeah. So you should do this thing. And I wish it had lasted past a first date so I could have asked him all those questions. But I've started saying to both of my kids, this first impression counts for a lot and it's a great thing to do. And, you know, I can't tell you have to do it, but boy, do I encourage it. Yeah. And if your kid is like, if you have kids coming to your house, you can say you can have friends over. But like one of my rules is that everybody comes and says hi to me and I talk to them and I get to know them a little bit. Or if you're going to someone else's house, please make sure you introduce yourself and you thank the parents and you, you know, help clean up if you guys are having a meal. You know, there are certain rules. It's the same thing as like you shake someone's hand and you look them in the eye. This is like, this is the next level of that. I think in terms of, I mean, what this listener was getting at though, is that there's a carry-on effect and that the sort of lack of friction and buffer with adults allows for this kind of lawless sexual and intimate culture as kids get older, right? It's like, oh, well, there's no one looking. There's no adult supervising. There's nothing to be afraid of. So therefore... I can have sexual or intimate experiences with other people without being in a committed relationship, without having an emotional connection to these people. And I'm not saying they're not connected. And I do think media and technology certainly plays a role in it. But I also think in this case, there is a role that adults and caregivers can offer and can play in encouraging kids not to just be part of hookup culture without trying to forge their own path. Right. I mean, I think what I'm hearing you say, and I agree with, is maybe in some circumstances, the internet of it all and the direct texting and and social media app use of it all has led to a shift in the paradigm where kids do not have adults in the equation at all in their romantic life. And, you know, it's sort of a direct-to-consumer relationship and <laughs> and maybe one has driven the other. But it's just as fair to argue the opposite, that, you know, it's not that that modality, that communication, but kid-to-kid created this, but rather that the culture has shifted over time, that the way kids interact 
physically, sexually has shifted over time. And coincident with that has been the rise of these apps and these ways of communicating that further and further alienate the adults. Like, I don't know which one is the dog and which one is the tail. Right. You know, it's a chicken and egg situation. It's one feeding into the other, but we're not powerless in helping our kids Mm -hmm. navigate and understand why just hooking up with people and not having an emotional connection to their partner, why it's important to feel connected to a partner and to counter the, you know, wild west of hookup culture in conversation with our kids. I think that's a really good place to go for a minute, which is for us to help list some of those reasons, because we get that question a lot. You know, why should there be something wrong with just having physical pleasure? And isn't it just human to want to be physical with another person? And I think it's important to acknowledge that hookup culture in its own right, as a standalone kind of construct, hookup culture suggests that there is no emotional connection. So that rejects the idea that the person participating in hookup culture could feel emotional about the hookup. Mm. And one thing that our interns have told us over and over again is it's not emotionless. There are feelings that go along with it, even if this current moment suggests that you shouldn't express those feelings or admit to those feelings, they exist. That's one thing. The other is we got to talk about the consent of it all. And that piece is huge in hookup culture. And if you don't allow yourself a personal connection with the person with whom you're hooking up, then how do you actually get the type of consent that you think you're getting? And how do you give the type of consent you think you're giving, right? Right. So one rule of thumb, and I have used this in my own house, I've used this with other kids, is to basically incentivize them, meaning sex is better, hooking up with someone is better, it is more pleasurable, it is more fun. If you can talk to the person you're with, if you can laugh with them, if you can communicate with them, if you trust them, So just hooking up with a random person on a random night, like, yeah, maybe that's exciting and it sort of fulfills some kind of, you know, imagining idea of what adolescence or college is like. But like, if you really want to have good sex or good intimate relationships, you have to trust the person. You have to communicate with them. So to your point, Cara, true consent means saying, hey, is this okay? Or does this feel good? Or are you okay with this? And the other person saying, yes, this feels good. Or no, I'm not really into this right now. Or can we try something else? And that's really hard to do when you just met the person an hour ago. Yeah. Or you haven't met them before. You just, or you you don't even know. You don't know them. I mean, I think what you are doing is you're creating a way to put the parent back in the equation, which I love. What you are doing is you are saying to everyone who is listening, these are hard conversations. These are awkward and hard conversations. But if they're not calling the landline that's attached to the kitchen wall and they're not knocking on the front door to introduce themselves, there is still a place for the adult in a tween or teen's life to have conversations about what happens in a relationship or in a hookup or in a situationship or whatever we want to call it. And not just there is, but there must be. 
you and I talk about this endlessly. Have we ever met a kid who says, yeah, I love my life with absolutely no rules and no conversation because it makes me feel free, free, free. No, they say the rules are annoying, but they make me feel safe. The conversation is annoying, but I know that the adult cares. And I want to make one comment about gender because people believe that, you know, for boys, hooking up is emotionless and for girls, it's emotionful. And yes, in terms of biology, there can be different sort of ways that things are erotic or turn on. I heard an awesome health and sex therapist talk about, this was actually a menopause conference, but she talked about how men need X, Y, or Z to be turned on and women need, you know, A, B, and C. And so kind of figuring that out in your relationship. But adolescents and college kids, like boys are not free of emotion. They are not devoid of emotions. Their feelings can be hurt. They might appear on the surface as if they don't give a shit or it's not an emotional thing for them. So if you have a boy living in your house who you imagine doesn't care and is just happy to get some action, remember to talk to your kid about the value of emotional connection when they are with someone else. And it doesn't mean they're going to do that tomorrow, but it does mean that it's going to be on their minds that it's important to not just feel physically connected or attracted to someone, but also emotionally connected to another person. Let's give the why behind that. Some of it is hormonally driven. Some of it is temperament for some of these kids, right? There are plenty of boys out there who feel very emotionally connected and they're very conversant about it and they're very articulate with the adults in their life. But a lot of it is socialized. Yes. We have socialized our boys and there is a movement to recognize toxic masculinity that, you know, agree or disagree with the movement. I think it's hard to argue with the premise. And the premise is from a very young age, boys are taught that it is masculine to not express emotion. And we usually think of that as they don't cry, right? We don't think of expressing rage as expressing emotion, which mm. is odd because it is. Right. But we talk, we talk about it more about crying. But all of this falls under the category of expression of emotion. And I, you know, no matter what a person's opinion is of this concept of toxic masculinity and the movement against toxic masculinity... I think it's really hard to deny that the social forces at play, particularly for boys in this culture, continue to reinforce this idea that having feelings and expressing them is cool. And hopefully that needle is moving. There are a lot of people who are trying to move that needle. You can be one voice in moving that needle. And I just want to say one last thing about no more speaking to the parents on the phone or ringing the doorbell. One thing that I love that is sort of a carryover from the pandemic is now when my kids are on FaceTime with someone, I get a sense of the nature of their relationship by whether me or my husband are invited in to come say hi on FaceTime. So I can tell if it's someone important to them or someone they feel comfortable introducing me to or someone who wants to connect with an adult with me or Roger, you know, they hear that we're there and they want to say hi. So there is some of that. I mean, totally. it's different because it happens in their bedroom and, you know, it, it's not the same forced interaction, but it does often give me a lot of interesting information about what's going on with my kids' relationships. 
totally true. And the flip side is also true, which is how many times have you been in the room when, (laughs) no, have you been in the room when the call is on speaker and you realize the person on the other end has no idea that there are other people listening, right? Or, or reverse when your kid is on a call or you are on a call and you don't realize there are other people on the other end. And then suddenly someone chimes in or you hear something. So maybe the best place to land is sure the corded phone on the kitchen wall is not a staple in most homes anymore, but you know what is? Speaker. Mm -hmm. So there are lots of opportunities for other people to hear what you have to say, even if you don't know about it. And usually it's something like, hey, everyone, it's time to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) And you call me the party pooper. And then I I know I am sleep. Listen, we both believe in sleep. We've spoken to enough experts to know that. Um, <laughs> Cara, thank you for bringing this awesome message and very thoughtful and thorough message. And we want to hear from more people. We will have more health and sex educators on this summer and fall to talk about these super complex dynamics. So send us your questions. We want to hear from you. Bye, Vanessa. Bye, Cara. We absolutely love hearing your feedback and getting all your questions. So anytime you want to be in touch, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for great puberty products like the Oom shorts or the Oom socks or the Oom bra, you get the theme there, go to myoomla.com. If you want more content, you love what we do on the Puberty Podcast, and you want to have us come speak or learn more about our book or subscribe to our amazing newsletter, The Awkward Roller Coaster, go to orderofmagnitude.co. Remember, it's .co because we don't have enough money to buy .com yet. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.